2: case some of this this this, omg is
0: the rich eisen show
2: no other way to put it with guest host brian weber oh my gosh live from the rich eisen show studio in los angeles i'm not talking to you i talk to anybody out there the haters rich eisen i talk to the haters right now and now sitting in for rich here's brian weber
1: Rolling into another hour of the program. We are live. We'll do it live. And we're live because Rich believes in the integrity of his show. I'm not just buttering up because I want to come back on Thanksgiving. But as a connoisseur of sports talk content, a lot of shows play tape on a holiday. Not Rich. He wants to supersize you. And if anybody knows about supersizing... Good thing we are not on the simulcast today on the Roku channel. I'll take you behind the curtain. Uncle Brian, I'm Brian Weber. You can be a part of the program at 844-204-7424. Hit me up on social media, Weber. Weber with two Bs. I have reached the stage in my life in my early 50s where the steam room, not the sauna, I need the steam room is my best friend. A little bit of... Fluid retention, if you know what I mean. But no red wine over the weekend. I'm doing my best. Plus, I was intoxicated. Transition with what I saw from Deion Sanders' football team. I'm trying to keep my wits about me. So we're going to circle back to the college football thoughts we passed along an hour ago to start the program. And then more college football coming up in 40 minutes. Yes, I am trying to balance the show between what happens on a Labor Day weekend on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday? And what happens in the NFL on Thursdays and Sundays? 40 minutes from now, one forty Eastern time. We're going to break down the games. Not going to talk about realignment too much. I'll save that for the next and final hour of the program. Always a good conversation in the making when we say hello to Pete Futek at collegefootballnews.com. In 20 minutes, friend of the program, Peter King, laid out his thoughts on his terrific column that you can check out on nbcsports.com. Peter King has the Jaguars winning the AFC. And I'll give you the backstory and the reasons as to how the Hall of Fame scribe arrived at that conclusion, in part because, as we just discussed with Trevor Sikama, profootballfocus.com, we don't know when Chris Jones is going to show up for the Chiefs. I think it's a real probability he's not playing Thursday in the kickoff game between the Chiefs and the Lions, and a reminder, Rich will be part of Westwood One's coverage of the annual NFL kickoff game, and of course, you'll see Rich on NFL Network on Sunday with Game Day, and you hear him and see him every day on this program. He is the hardest-working man in show business. I'm going to use Peter King's thought as a catalyst, so the Jags had that massive turnaround last year, making it to the divisional round of the playoffs in part because the Chargers' and imploded in historic fashion on the road in Jacksonville. Who's going to emulate what we saw the Jags do last year? Who are the candidates to be the most improved teams in football? That is coming up in 20 minutes as we start off things here in hour number two. I had thoughts connecting Aaron Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes. Let's see if I can actually split the monologue because I have college football I didn't get to. So we're going to connect what happens on campus to the National Football League getting to Mahomes and Rogers in 10 minutes? If you missed the monologue, I don't want the entire show to be hijacked by Deion Sanders. I'll just say I was dead wrong about Colorado for two reasons. I got too caught up in how horrendous they were last year. Remember, this was one of the worst football teams we've ever seen on the FBS level. Just the one win. Carl Durrell got whacked in October, so I wondered, okay, how much could Dion change the culture in the short amount of time he had spent in Boulder? And then more significantly, what was it going to look like on the field with over 80 new players in the program? The most radical roster reconstruction we'd ever seen, and the answer is, it looked damn good. Now, context matters. TCU had defensive problems last year during their miraculous run to national championship game. And that felt like arena football at times. But with Colorado poised to head back to the Big 12 next year, that was vintage Big 12 football. Where unless we're talking about, say, what Gary Patterson achieved at TCU before he got pushed out. Defense is largely optional in that conference, but it was an amazingly entertaining game for two big reasons, in addition to Dion changing expectations and mindset and getting those players to believe you got to have dudes. You have to have the guys who can show up. Travis Hunter was brilliant. The versatility was jaw-dropping. He played 129 snaps. First guy this century on the FBS level, and that's a good sample size, roughly 25 years now. Had 11 grabs for 119 yards and a critical interception inside the 10 as the Horn Frogs were driving momentum going back and forth. And Dion's kid, Shadur, is a terrific quarterback. In the history of Colorado football, including my dear friend, former radio partner, the great Cordell Stewart. Now, Cordell didn't have to throw for 500 because he had a lot of talent around him. But Shador, first player in Colorado history to go for over 500 yards. I think they beat Nebraska. They will beat Colorado State. And then we have the conversation back to back game, starting with the road test at the cauldron that is, Autzen Stadium. If you weren't paying attention, if you have better things to do on a holiday weekend, I don't blame you. That's my job after all. Oregon put up 80 on Portland State. Now, that's good scheduling, but also tells you about the depth of the Ducks. And USC was just as dominant. More good scheduling. Taking on Nevada, 66-14, the final for Lincoln Riley's team. If you're a USC honk, as they get ready to bolt to the Big Ten, Finally, some marginal defensive improvement, although it comes with the asterisk of taking on the Wolfpack. But that's the question for USC. And back to the Mac Jones thoughts, and to put a footnote to what Trevor Sykema, pro football focus, laid out, wrapping up the last hour of the show. Excellent analysis about the impact of Ezekiel Elliott. Another reason to believe that Mac Jones will be improved this year. If you're a Patriot fan... You're just looking for what we saw from Jones the majority of that very solid rookie year before he faded down the stretch and got destroyed by the Bills in the playoffs. But to have Zeke there for pass protection, pass pro, if you're breaking down the all-22, and a reliable third down back, another building block for that anemic Patriots offense to have a semblance of continuity this year. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. You can join the show, 844-204-7424. You can get interactive on social media, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, in just over 30 minutes. We'll expand the conversation. More college football thoughts from Tech of collegefootballnews.com. So, with the audience always changing, especially on a holiday, wanted to play the hits and revisit Dion. Rich, back with you tomorrow. I'm sure he'll have strong opinions about Dion. After all, how many years... Did Rich and Dion work together at NFL Network? And if you think I'm trying to critique the possibilities of Colorado, I'm not. And I'm being as upfront and transparent as I can be. I was dead wrong about this team. I'm a Dion fan. Look, I was a D-list performer during my brief and combative at times tenure. That's why I was brief, I think, at NFL Network. Deion Sanders was always kind to me. Deion Sanders would come on the dopey morning show I hosted at 3 o'clock in the morning local time in Southern California. I'm a Deion fan. I just need to see more. And unfortunately, in our current outlook, we overreact to everything. In fact, be sure to check out the new podcast, Overreaction Monday with Rich Eisen. And Chris Bachman, available wherever you get your podcast. So, Rich back tomorrow, and I will dispel the social media buzz. No, the reason Rich is not here has nothing to do with Burning Man. He did not get stuck in the desert in Nevada. I have empathy for anyone who went through that, although I have Burning Men friends And let's just say they're interesting people, so part of me was getting a little bit of a chuckle, but you don't want anyone wandering for miles without food and water. And here I am laughing at others' misfortunes because I am a sports talk radio host. I actually threaded the needle and gave myself time to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes in five minutes, but I owe you more thoughts about the college football weekend, so... Thanks to the contractual squabbling between a major media conglomerate and my cable company, I could not watch Florida State and LSU in its entirety. In fact, I went down the hall in my luxurious apartment building and watched it with the one guy I like on my floor. Thankfully, I watched the second half. Because had I, and of course, I hope it's obvious, no simulcast today, Rich and the guy's back, on the Emmy-nominated simulcast on the Roku channel tomorrow. Should be clear I'm not reading. I got a lot of notes in front of me, but I would have had to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and had a staff of folks crafting my thoughts. But had I watched just the first half of LSU-Florida State, my opinion would have been dead wrong. A Tight game, three-point game of the half. Everything changed in the second half. So what does it mean moving forward? Now remember, LSU lost to Florida State. In the first round of effectively a home-and-home, I understand the game was quote-unquote neutral site in Orlando. If you watched the game, if you were able to, thanks very much to this war between media conglomerates, a largely Florida State contingent, as you might expect, the drive not too challenging, not short, but doable, Tallahassee to Orlando in the middle of the state. A year ago, though, In the Superdome, with loads of LSU fans, Brian Kelly's team found a way to lose that game. Still, Florida State picked up the win, and they really had bookends on the season. Quality start, fade in the middle, and then could not lose. They won their last six games, thanks in part to having a quality, experienced quarterback in Jordan Travis. We still have guys with COVID eligibility, a 23-year-old fifth your senior, Travis, tore up LSU with all of those dudes that potentially the Tigers can send to the NFL on defense. Travis was dialed in, five total touchdowns, 340 in the air, And Florida State was a completely different team in the second half. 45-24, if you stayed with it to the bitter end, I did. It was not a, oh, by the way, excuse me, score at the end. LSU scored with less than two minutes to go. They could have taken knees. They punched it in because I think they wanted to run it up on Brian Kelly. Now, you can say style points still matter in the final year of the current format. And just as an aside, if I'm not lucky enough to be with you next year, 12 teams to me is too many. Look, I'm going to watch the games. I'm in favor of expansion, but I'm not going to care who the 13th best team is that got left out. Four is a great number for the purposes of conversation. And as I lay out roughly an hour from now in the final hour of the show, and I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen, you can pick up the phone, 844-204-7424, or get at me on social media, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. My problem with realignment is college football has become virtually a carbon copy of the NFL. I'm a realist. I know why it's happening from a pragmatic standpoint, Doesn't mean why uh, it's going on that I have to like it. Two things can be equally true. While I'll accept it because there's nothing we can do, doesn't mean I have to embrace it. We'll get there coming up in the final hour of the program. But Florida State had questions coming in. Was last year an aberration at all? Was it a reflection of who they played down the stretch? You always wonder about a bowl game. And Oklahoma had a down year still. They put up 35 against the Sooners to win that bowl game. And I think the key was, I mentioned the experience of Jordan Travis. They have a lot of guys back from that team that ended the year with 10 wins, won their last six. So every season is its own unique chapter, but there can be a carryover. And Florida State looked really good in the second half. Are they playoff good? We'll find out coming up in 30 minutes when we say hello to Keith Utak of collegefootballnews.com. Other things that stood out to me, I watched the majority of North Carolina, South Carolina, great atmosphere in Charlotte. Glad those teams are playing. We have to preserve regional rivalries, even with the billions of dollars of TV money now dictating, say, a school from the San Francisco Bay Area starting next year playing in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Make it two schools in Northern California, along with a school from Dallas. None of it makes any sense. Just follow the money. Drake May is as good as advertised. Tar Heels dictated the terms. I thought May was solid, if not spectacular, but he didn't have to be off the charts good because his defense was amazing. And that was the question about Mac Brown's team last year. Tar Heels absolutely destroyed Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma transfer, nine sacks. So if you believe South Carolina is legit, remember they came up with the upset wins over Tennessee and Clemson towards the end of last year. That's an impressive defensive statement made by North Carolina. And another reason why the ACC is having a phenomenal start to the season with the Folks who are carrying the flag amongst the ranked teams will find out more with a conference matchup tonight. Monday night college football, Clemson against a very good Duke team from a year ago with a lot of returning guys. That's on campus in Durham under the lights. Clemson number nine in the nation. One more thought about quarterbacks in the Big Ten. I am aware who has his name on the marquee. It's the Rich Eisen Show. A proud Michigan man. I watched... Thank you, Peacock, as I now have every streaming service. J.J. McCarthy, look very good. Now, the context is you better handle East Carolina at the big house. And I realize Jim Harbaugh wasn't there serving the self-imposed now three-game suspension. None of that should matter. But McCarthy, to me... Looks like he has evolved and taken the next step. Just had much more of a fluid approach. He's trying to make his case to be a NFL player in the future. So positive signs for Michigan. And anytime Michigan looks good and Ohio State looks sluggish is a victory for the Wolverines from a standpoint of style points. And I'm aware Ohio State won the football game. That was a tough watch. And weird to see Ohio State-Indiana on CBS I'm a big Brad Nestler guy, but I think he missed the atmosphere of the SEC. Very different when you go to Bloomington, Indiana. Ohio State did what they had to do to win, but Kyle McCord did not answer many questions there. Pedestrian under center, no touchdowns, the INT, less than 250 passing yards. Now, When you have Marvin Harrison Jr., not only the best wideout in all of college football, I think he's the best player. Yeah, even better than Caleb Williams. That's how big of a difference maker, I believe, Marvin Harrison Jr. is. And Ohio State fans will tell you everything would have been different when we last saw them had he not gone down with the injury in the national semifinal against Georgia. Ohio State's going to be just fine. But one thing to file away, Penn State with a quality victory at home over West Virginia— Michigan, I think, is the biggest threat to dethrone Ohio State, although remember, no team has won three consecutive national titles since Minnesota in the 1930s for a reason. But not only does Ohio State have to contend with a Michigan team that I think is going to be even better than last year, Penn State taking a step forward, they got to figure things out at quarterback. They can clean that up. Now, this was predictable. There's going to be a drop-off at some point when you have NFL quarterbacks back-to-back at Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud. Still, now that Jim Harbaugh has figured out how to beat Ohio State, there's pressure on Ryan Day, and we got a lot of time to figure things out before the game in November, but something to track moving forward. Two minutes on Aaron Rodgers connected to Patrick Mahomes. I'm doing a hard transition here, but that'll prepare us for the upcoming content block. We're talking about the most improved teams in the NFL. The L word gets overused in sports media. Legacy. It is almost as lazy as a Mount Rushmore. However, if you like history, and that was my monkey trick, getting into the business a million years ago, and you think about quarterbacks across the decades, and Joe Montana handed every talk show host a show last week with his view That Dan Marino was, quote unquote, the best quarterback of all time, talking about skill set, talent surrounding him, and what he would do in the modern NFL. Well, unfortunately for Dan, 50 years from now, unless people are watching YouTube with the microchip in their brain, history is going to overlook Dan Marino to a degree because he never won a Super Bowl, only played in a single Super Bowl. As we think about Aaron Rodgers, we're a long way away from the lone Super Bowl appearance. That feels like a lifetime ago in 2011. A reminder, Aaron Rodgers turns 40 in December. So what's on the line for Aaron personally over the next two seasons? And I do think it'll be two seasons. And he took the massive pay cut. Now, no need for a bake sale given his career earnings, but he's taking less to pay the supporting cast around him giving him a reason to be successful in New York. That's why he picked the Jets with their complete roster on both sides of the ball. Like Marino, here's the challenge for Aaron Rodgers. And I'm talking 40, 50 years from now where I'll be in here with an iron lung sitting in for rich and I'll be 103 years old. No problems. I got grand goals. Patrick Mahomes has been so transcendent In the same window as the end, let's just call it the 17th and 18th holes of Rodgers' career, that has overlapped with Brady being the GOAT, there's a real chance if Aaron Rodgers doesn't at least get to a second Super Bowl and more to the point, win a second Super Bowl like Peyton Manning did, Rodgers might be overlooked historically even with a Super Bowl on his resume. Because two Super Bowls change everything, and it won't just be about the total of passing yards. Everybody's putting up video game numbers. Mahomes is just 27 years old. He's played in three Super Bowls, he's won two, has two MVPs, with or without Chris Jones. Chiefs are favored to win it all this year. So I'm not trying to construct straw man arguments. I'm an Aaron Rodgers supporter. He lost me with the immunized vaccine word salad. But that's, I think, the additional motivation for a player who's keenly aware of history because before the Packers finally allowed the divorce to happen, Rodgers pointed out, and it's not a stretch, but he described himself as the greatest player in Packers history. You better bet he's aware of history and legacy. So one more thing to process this year. Clearly, it's about just take the next step and get in the playoffs. Jets don't do that but for every decade or so. But from a macro standpoint, that's one more layer of motivation for Rodgers, who's in danger of being crowded out by the brilliance of Brady and what Mahomes could continue to do moving forward. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eyes at 844 Why don't you head over to social media, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. I'm about to check the various platforms coming up. 20 minutes back to the college football. When we say hello to P. Futek from collegefootballnews.com. Straight ahead, more NFL. As mentioned, Peter King has Jacksonville winning the AFC. Jags were a phenomenal story last year, a massive turnaround. Who are the contenders to be the most improved NFL teams this year? We roll on on a very busy Labor Day. I'm Brian Weber, always having a good time with you. In for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show.
2: Helpful and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen.
1: Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm Brian Weber. We're live on this Labor Day. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger, with supplies and solutions for every industry. Grainger has the right product for you. Call, clickranger.com or just stop by. 844-204-7424 is the phone number. You can get at me on social media. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, in 15 minutes. Back to our conversation of a outstanding weekend of college football so far with Monday night college football still to come Duke and number nine Clemson under the lights tonight in Durham we'll cover it all with P. Futek of collegefootballnews.com it is a tradition unlike any other hello friends every year we see a team at least one go from worst to first in the NFL I try to avoid the lame constructs. I just mentioned that if I'm doing Mount Rushmore, you should tweet at me or X at me, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Hey, whoever you are, hang it up. You're officially mailing it in. So I'm not going through all the teams that finished last a year ago and giving you my win probability for this year. But I am going to paint in broad strokes as to Who could be the most improved team in the NFL? Because that's the whole business model of the National Football League. I don't have to go through the myriad of reasons why we're addicted to all forms of football, but especially professional football. Among them, the way the schedule is designed. If you come in last, you have the most straightforward slate of games. And every year, roughly, for the last two decades, somebody's figured out a way to... Move on up like George and Wheezy. I think about the Jags last year, and I mentioned Peter King, friend of the program, one of the most highly respected football writers in the business, laid out on his column last night on NBCSports.com his pick of the Jags to build on their run to the divisional round of the playoffs last year and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I can see some reasons to believe in that. Now, I'm not going to give up on Kansas City yet, but is Chris Jones going to show up? Until the eighth week, are the Chiefs going to have to play a playoff game on the road? Patrick Mahomes, because he is so gifted and because of the supporting cast and because of the coaching acumen of Andy Reid, Mahomes has had great fortune. He's earned it, but also had the opportunity to play a slew of those high-leverage games at home. Let's see, potentially, what he has to do on the road. Now, going to Duval... As much as I have a great deal of respect for that fan base, is not the most challenging road destination. Still, I like what Peter King is doing, and I had already planned on this. I'm not ripping off a Hall of Fame writer. I'll send you the rundown. Send me your email. You send me the whip, I'll throw you the idol as we go old school Indiana Jones. I just butchered that. But I was already planning on crafting some thoughts about the most improved teams in the NFL, and I'm excluding the Jets. I have to put up guardrails, or I'll follow the crowd talking nothing but all Jets all the time. I think the Bears will be better, although here I go again, in part because Aaron Rodgers has left Green Bay. More straightforward. They don't have to deal with the man who has the deed to Soldier Field. Aaron would always remind us when he scored another touchdown, I own this place, so... There are more straightforward opportunities there, head-to-head. I'm not talking much Jordan Love because I don't know. None of us know. So I'm going to reserve judgment until I see what he can do. Remember, young wide receivers, another reason why Aaron Rodgers was keen to leave. Uh, If you wonder about what Aaron Jones is all about with the ground game, I think certainly the ability to take pressure off of Jordan Love and Jones, a reminder that it's just not good to be a running back anymore. Took a $5 million pay cut to stay with the Packers. Now, still making $11 million, which is more than Saquon Barkley, unless Saquon hits all of the incentives after he showed up on time with the kerfuffle over the tag. So, Chicago, to me, remember, they had the number one overall pick. They got a lot of draft capital in return from Carolina, in addition to a playmaker, and D.J. Moore. I am a Justin Field supporter. I love the athletic ability, but I don't think it's fair just to describe him in that fashion. He is a well-rounded, thoughtful quarterback, Chicago poised to take a big step forward. Steelers, I think, will be better. Now, I'm ginning things up here because I said, oh, big turnaround. Remember, Pittsburgh, because Mike Tomlin is – One of the top five coaches in all of football still found a way to have a 500 or better record again for Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season in his 15 years in the Steel City. Well, let's see about the addition of Kenny Pickett in year two and the additions he has around him like Allen Robinson putting him in the same formation with George Pickens who has the ability to elevate his game. And for Pickett, i got to be careful with Pickett and Pickens, Pickett being added to the starting lineup, we saw glimpses. There was a learning curve, understandably, like any rookie. We got our perspective so thrown out of whack by so many amazing first-year players. Remember, Mahomes didn't have to play year one. Sitting behind Alex Smith. Pickett finally got his chance after... The dark, dark Mitchell Trubisky experiment. I like what I saw. I just need more consistency. But, and I'm not putting Allen Robinson in the Hall of Fame, having a safety valve and a slot receiver is another offensive asset. You got Deontay Johnson. You got George Pickens. And I think Pickett takes a big leap forward this year. But who's going to be the most improved team? Let's go with Denver. Yeah, Bronco Nation, let's ride. Now, some of this is audition by subtracting. Nathaniel Hackett was justifiably called out by Sean Payton. I realize it was not in the realm of professional courtesy. Did you watch the Broncos last year? An absolute dumpster fire. Any functioning head coach hired by Denver would be a massive improvement over the garbage we saw last year. But it's not just any guy. It's Sean Payton a Super Bowl winning head coach who's one of the most creative offensive minds in the NFL. Russell Wilson recommitted to fitness. He better be because we saw slippage from Russ towards the end of his last year in Seattle. Last year, he was atrocious, but I'm not ready to bury him just yet. Here's my concern about Denver. They are the walking wounded. Every time I click on a story, there's another playmaker getting hurt. He's going to need somebody to throw the football to, and they play in a division with Kansas City, in my estimation, still the best team in that conference, still the best team in all of football, and a Charger team I want to believe in, especially with Kellen Moore coming in, the coach up Justin Herbert, but head coach Brandon Staley will still give away a game or two with his bizarre use of timeouts and challenges that make no sense whatsoever. Still, Those are two really good teams. I think the Raiders could be better than you think. So that's the problem for Denver, albeit with a weak schedule coming off the five-win season of a year ago. They have to navigate a rugged AFC West still. If i got to give you one team, one team only that I believe in the most to be most improved, I am going with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. 844-204-7424 is the phone number. You can be interactive on social media. That's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Final hour of the program almost entirely devoted to the NFL except for one hour from now because I'm old school and at this point just old. I'm talking baseball on Labor Day. Baseball still matters. The game has been jump-started by the pitch clock. Phenomenal components to chop up. We'll do it in an hour when we say hello to Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball newsletter but in our immediate future back to college football this holiday weekend belongs to deon sanders after his sensational colorado coaching debut we'll try to balance out the hype machine what are realistic expectations for the buffs now looking forward to checking in with P. Futek of collegefootballnews.com i'm brian weber in for rich this is the rich eisen show Brian Weber back with you in for Rich Eisen, 844-204-7424, the phone number you can. Get at me on social media, B.W. Weber, Weber Weber2B, strike up the band. We're talking college football in the midst of an outstanding week one across the nation. Always a pleasure to check in with an old friend, Pete Futak from Pete Futak's wonderful website, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, how are you?
0: I am still hanging in there. It's, uh, this is a rough weekend because it's all the big FPS versus FBS. It's like 9,000 games over the next two weeks. But uh, other than that, I'm hanging in. I'm still surviving and advancing.
1: Excellent, because I want you to come up with a college basketball website so I can talk to you in April, March, and May. Anyway. We'll... Oh, we've
0: covered that, too. We do that <laughs> stuff. That, that's coming.
1: We'll take it one step at a time. Wait a minute. You, you're saying there were more games than Colorado TCU? I thought that broke the internet on Saturday.
0: It did. You know, it's all anybody wants to talk about. It, it's. Do you remember the name K.J. Costello? I do, because I'm old. Yeah, well, he's only, it was only a couple of years ago. If you remember, K.J. Costello of Mississippi State threw for like 9,000 yards in the opening game against LSU, the defending national champion LSU. Uh-oh, here we go. Look out. He, this, is, this is And then all of a sudden, things start to regress back a little bit. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen with Colorado, but it's one game. It's like all of a sudden – Oh, we did it. Oh, nobody believed in us. Oh, all that kind of stuff. But Pete, all those things were true,
1: right? Shouldn't we give Dion a lot of credit for achieving what few people thought could be accomplished?
0: But see, a lot of people thought it would be accomplished. Did you? They were
1: 21-point underdogs.
0: Yeah, I picked them to cover the spread. Okay, well, yeah, but you didn't pick them to win outright on the road. No, but it's not like they, you know, the defense stopped anything. It's like, look. First of all, TCU only had like three starters back. Second of all, you want a fun stat to death. Uh, you can go look at the last like ten quarters of TCU. I did that. Defense. No, no, no. Like no they got
1: to, carved up by he, Kansas State. They got pushed around by Michigan. I'm with you. I'm just saying we have to give Georgia, Dion his credit today.
0: Who's but who's not? Like, and that's kind of the problem here. Is like everyone. Every, he's my favorite sports personality of all time. He's. I am a. I'm a huge Dion fan. Uh, ever since. Florida State on through. He's one of my favorite players of all time. But, like, the whole act after in the press conference. Well, I agree. It was tired was, and it was he petty. Beats up, yeah, he beats up the reporter who's not supposed to be a fan. It's not the job of the reporter. But, you know, that was Ed Warder. they've had
1: a beef going back to Dallas.
0: Of course. So, like, my thing is, like, look, it's, I, I like the way he did it. I, he cut through the BS. I, I actually think the methods are right. He took a team that was miserable, a program that was miserable, got rid of the bad players, and brought in better players. That's the dream. That is the, you know, I, and I don't know who's outside of the people who don't like the way it was handled. No one's dogging him. I mean, everyone knew that there was talent coming in, but let's see how this is going forward because the schedule is nasty. And again, God bless whoever has to cover this guy when they start losing because if that's how he is after a win. Oh, man, there's going to be some fun happening. But, again, but let's, let's keep it to the field for a second. Who cares? It's amazing. Whatever you want to call it, Shadour Sanders throwing for over 500 yards, the Sean Lewis flash-fast offense. He was the head coach at Kent State. The question over the last few years is what would this guy do with a lot of talent? He's got an NFL quarterback to work with, NFL caliber receivers. And give, this is where everyone has been giving Dion credit. Like, look, 90% of college football is having the players. That's it. I mean, everything else is, you know, kind of works its way from there. And he's got the, quote, his word, dogs to come in and be stars. And they look like they're going to be a whole lot of fun this season.
1: Among them, Travis Hunter, who played 129 snaps. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. I have been chopping it up on the radio with Pete Futak for over a decade. Check out his media empire at collegefootballnews.com. Occasionally, I get too casual with Pete, so I don't want to interrupt you. I'm just going to pose a question. Get out of the way. I'm going to turn off my microphone in three, two. What were your biggest oh, takeaways?
0: You're, you're sure? You, you can, uh, <laughs> no,
1: but, but it's you terrible want. radio when I step on you. What were your biggest takeaways from Florida State LSU? And you put the Seminoles in the playoff conversation.
0: I do, you kind of have to, if you look at what's happening going forward. I do think they're gonna have a problem with Clemson in a few weeks, and I do think they're gonna have a problem at Pitt in early November. But yeah, if you're gonna do that to LSU, with those lines, it, it was an amazing, I, to go on the flip side of the Dion argument, I was not a believer. I, I thought the Florida State thing was fine, but I thought they'd start the season two and two, I thought they would lose to LSU. Uh, but that was just one of those weird games that goes back to my, my continued issue, why do you schedule that game if you're those two teams? Because LSU looked like a team exactly like they did last year that looked like it could have used a tune-up. It could have just – there were so many missed plays, dropped passes, you know, missed times opportunities. They should have been up three touchdowns in the first half, didn't, and then Florida State came back and looked amazing in that second half.
1: Talking college football, Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com. He is based in Big Ten country, although that's going to be coast-to-coast next year, but we're not talking realignment today. Ohio State Nation, Pete, not pleased. Kyle McCord, less than 250 in the air, no touchdowns and a pick. Sure, they beat Indiana, but no style points. Should Ohio State have real concerns about how that offense is going to look moving forward?
0: Yeah, not yet. Uh, I, everything, everything week one, it just sort of, it's hard because Ohio State wants to win the national championship tomorrow. You know, so they, they're not – it went in a Big Ten-row game and they won by double digits rather easily. But that's not enough, like you said. They need to look the part. And, yeah, you know, when you have the lineage of quarterback like Ohio State has had, you're waiting to see Kyle McCord be, you know, Justin Field, C.J. Stroud. Uh, JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, and and beat that next guy up. And all of a sudden, it didn't quite work when you've got all that NFL talent. You've got NFL receivers, NFL running backs, and NFL offensive line. You're supposed to do a little more than that. But as I always kind of caution when everyone freaks out about this, maybe Indiana's okay. Let's see. If Indiana starts dying over the next couple weeks, then it's time to be concerned. But maybe Indiana's fine. Look, they're getting NIL money too, so it's I'm not going to freak out
1: about Ohio State yet. I'm Ryan Weber, in for Rich Eisen, taking you across the nation with PFU, Tech com. Final thought on North Carolina, South Carolina, and I'm just thrilled that they're playing because regional rivalries have to matter in the future. There's your commentary. Were you more impressed with Drake May or the Carolina defense that piled up nine sacks against Shane Beamer?
0: I'll amend your thought, and regional rivalries have to matter if you play it on a college campus. I do not like neutral site regulations. I'll season take games. what it's I can get, Pete. Football. At this stage play of Armageddon, I'll go with what's in front of me. Campus. It's fine. We're all in Big Ten country. Everyone's <laughs> going to watch. You but, have three yeah, look, minutes I, left. Your another,
1: thoughts on North Carolina?
0: That's another one I missed. I, I thought that was going to be a wild shootout. I, all of a sudden, North Carolina turned into the 1985 Bears defensively, and they haven't stopped anybody in the Mac Brown era, and they did against South Carolina. So, uh, you know, look, it's a big moment for North Carolina. They probably established themselves as the third-best team in the ACC, if, uh, you know, right up there with them. And, you know, for South Carolina, that's a rough one. If you look at what they have coming up, you know, that's one of those games where they need to win that. They need to build off of a big end of last season, and they certainly didn't do it against the Tar Heel team that they should have beaten.
1: Pete, you're the best. You gave me 30 bonus seconds. I probably should not admit this. I've not looked ahead because I'm immersed in the NFL. What's the best game coming up on Saturday?
0: Texas, your world, forget the NFL. Your world is going to be revolved completely around Texas, Alabama. Oh, Texas is is back. We know that.
1: Texas is back.
0: If it beats Alabama, (laughs) it sure as shoot will be. So, uh, no, future SEC brothers taking on each other. That is going to be the big moment of the
1: sports weekend. Pete, you're the best. I didn't mean to interrupt. Also, I had done the Dion monologue, so I had all of that vitriol and a Big Word Monday already laid out. You took me back to the beginning of the show, but I didn't mean to step all over you.
0: Oh, it's, it's your show. You got no, it's bees, not. It's man. the Rich yeah, Eisen show. This
1: is, no, no, no. Pete, this is a real show. The Brian Weber show has been canceled on two national networks. This is a prestigious program. I'm not trying to screw up.
0: Oh, you're you're running it though, right? you well today you're I might not be back so for the final get, hour. Well, you you never know. You gotta get the win. Yeah, it's your job now until he takes it back from you. You take it. It's your time. I you know you know, take it, it's your job for now. Make him make him earn his job back. You don't you don't get get it back just because you're injured or off for a
1: day. A wise man said survive in advance. Thank you, Pete. Exactly. I'll talk right, to you man. soon. Pete Tech <laughs> I first chatted with Pete on the radio in two thousand seven. And the whole goal of this is to be conversational, right? Just me and you. We're watching the games together. Quick sidebar. Can we stop trying to reinvent the Manning cast? That works because of the word Manning. Because Peyton is so analytical and Eli is so sneaky funny. Every lame television executive, and I know many of them, many of them wind up working our business just because they like to watch TV. Doesn't mean you're a Rhodes Scholar. Every sport, every platform has ripped off the Manning cast, and nothing's in the same vicinity. I'm sure there's some watch-along tonight for Duke versus Clemson. I'm not saying I wouldn't host one. Maybe I'm miffed. My phone's not ringing. I need a better agent. I'm sure my agent's not listening on a holiday. He doesn't even know I'm still in the business. I'm Brian Weber having a crisis of confidence. We have some breaking news In Major League Baseball, we'll get to, to start the final hour of the program, a frontline starter for the L.A. Dodgers arrested on a charge of felony domestic violence. In fact, I'll let you know it's Julio Arias. If you're aware of his past, he had an incident in 2019, an arrest, but no charges filed. I'll give you the details. Of course, it was TMZ breaking the news, as they typically do. And we'd already scheduled a conversation coming up in the last hour of the show with Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter, so we'll add further context coming up. Straight ahead, we will kick off the final hour of the program talking NFC East. Can the Cowboys unseat the Eagles? That's on the way. I'm Brian Weber, always having fun whenever I'm in for Rich, here on the Rich Eisen Show.